0: back everyone to there's a river podcast so thankful that you could join us again as we explore just more of the blessing and more of the reality and the river of life that's available to us in christ i pray that you your hunger and thirst for the goodness of god is uh, growing more and more and if you feel like maybe it's not growing well then there's more available Mm-hmm. Christ is, is still just as available. So today I have a very special guest with us today, Mark De DeMatteo. And uh, hi, Mark. Thank you for joining us.
1: Stephen, it's a joy to be with you, my man.
0: So thankful you were able to come on. Now, I will just tell, uh, by way of introduction for him, I'll just tell everyone how I met him. It was last November, and I was at a conference, uh, a family conference that was just about, uh, I guess you could call it a discipleship conference and um, just lots of good teaching and and praying together, and there was one uh, session where there was a, a, I don't know how many people were in a small room, probably like 35. We were kind of crammed in there, (laughs) and uh, we did a deal where everyone prayed for the person on their left, and then it went around to the right, I think. I can kind of envision this still, and uh, so Mark was on my left, and so the first that I really you know, heard from him was for him praying for someone else, and whenever I heard him praying for someone else, I just, I just thought, oh, this guy gets it. This guy gets something. He gets, he has a tangible hope. What was, what was obvious from you, Mark, uh, was that there was a tangible hope of the kingdom of God uh, in the life to come and in this life, and it really struck me also because the Lord had been showing me you know, talking to me about that subject, about the kingdom of God, and how it's not just, it, it's so much more after conversion. There's so much uh, mm. of the glory of God that comes to us in this life after conversion, and of course in the next, and and the hope of that was already growing in me, and then I heard him praying about the kingdom of heaven, and it uh, just really resonated with me, and uh, I got to pray for him and immediately, and thank God for, for that, for his heart, so Mark, I'm so thankful again that you're here um, and willing to talk about the kingdom of heaven. So by way of introduction, introducing you some more, um, how did you come to have this love for the kingdom of heaven? Now, that's a loaded, long question.
1: (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Well, first of all, uh, Stephen, again, it was a pleasure meeting you as well. And I certainly um, was reminiscing as you were recounting that story and and. You know, our connection that we we um, we kind of had a spiritual connection immediately, as, as you remember, and, and we traded contact information, decided we were going to stay in touch. And then you reached out to me and and we reconnected. And uh, yeah, so um, appreciate the opportunity. To, and, and again, all of your listeners, I just want to commend you all for being hungry. It's a good thing to be hungry. And, and that's a great lead in for Stephen, how I started, you know, uh, with me ever since just quite frankly, a little background on me. Um, born and raised in upstate New York, around the capital in Albany. My father's work brought us down to Virginia in um, when I was very young, about six, six years old actually. Lived in Virginia ever since, except for a brief period of time that we lived overseas. And I'll come back to that because that had an impact on me. But to answer your question, I was kind of blessed with a perspective, even at very, a very, very young age, um, with the reality of this life. And what I mean by that was, if I can use the word, the inadequacy of this life. Mm. And what I mean by that is there were so many wonderful things about this life that um, you know that we we certainly all are very, very aware of, but there were there were these other things that kind of gripped my heart a little bit. Um, the The most significant of which, was the mixture that seemed to be um, that, you know, even though we saw beauty, we saw ugliness, Um, we saw happiness, we saw sadness, we saw health, we saw sickness, et cetera, et cetera. The greatest inadequacy, of course, is the fact that everything in this life is temporary.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Um, That gripped me even as a very, very young child. Um, I I kept wondering what is up with this thing called death? (laughs) And, you know, I mean, Nobody, you know, not, not a lot of people wanted to talk about it, it seemed like, but it just really resonated with me, that topic, and that the fact that uh, that with that in mind, that everything else in this life that we think we want to do, that we want to accomplish in life, our hopes, our dreams, if you will, mm-hmm. they're all temporary. They're not going to last. I, I was aware of that even as a kid. I'll also tell you this, I also realized at a fairly young age that and again, I couldn't articulate it like this now, but that there was an emotional condition that we were, um, no matter who we were, and and again, this became even more clear to me when I lived overseas, Mm -hmm. because I had a chance, of course, to meet people from all over the world, different cultures, different backgrounds, different religious beliefs, but no matter who they were um, or where they came from, there was this Mm -hmm. one primary emotional condition And again, I'm simplifying, but that we all wanted, all these people wanted to achieve and maintain in their life. And that condition was happiness. All right. Hmm. Everybody, you know, right? When we really boil it all down, all of us simply want to be happy. Now, we may have vastly different ideas about how we think we're going to achieve that happiness. But I knew that that was one of the primary things that I wanted to achieve in my life. And yet, I'll, I'll say this to you as well just keeping this very simple and relatively brief. I found it very, very difficult to be fundamentally happy. And this became more and more clear to me the older I got, when I had no real idea why I was here, what my purpose was here. The, what I like to call the, the the fundamental questions of existence, of life. There, there, there are over a period of time um, in in again, this isn't rocket science. A lot of people have thought about this. There are four fundamental questions of life, the greatest questions of life. Who am I? Number one. Number two, where did I come from? And of course, I don't mean mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, where did, where did, where, I mean, it's really amazing. Number three, why am I here? All right. And number four, where am I going when I punch out? All right. Mm -hmm. When this life this brief life is over. And I'll say this to you too, that because of that inadequacy, when I didn't have answers to those questions, I found that uh, again, um, it was it was fundamentally difficult for me to truly be happy because of those inadequacies, um, those those challenges that would come into your life that began to, to, to ask you to question. Um, you know, again, what am I really here for? What's this all about when you know when difficulties arose? So, I was raised, my background was um, a good Italian boy, <laughs> at least on mm-hmm. my father's side, but my, my mom's side, a little bit of Polish, a little bit of Ukrainian. I was raised Roman Catholic, and um, w- you know, which, is, which is kind of a Christian uh, a denomination of sorts, but um, I had never really heard the gospel. I didn't really um, have all the dots connected, and so I had a lot of questions, like yeah. a lot of people do, Okay. Um, about a lot of a, a lot of questions about what I felt like were legitimate issues. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, what about all these other religions? Where did they all come from? You know, what what um, what's the deal with things like dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. Um, the age of the Earth. What about the what about the cavemen? What about the what about these UFO things? These aliens that are supposedly out there. Okay. A lot of these questions, and, and of course. Just touching on being overseas right now. um, My father's work when I was 15 took us to Saudi Arabia. He was with the U.S. Geological Survey. All right. And we lived in a place called Jeddah, which is on the West Coast, right on the Red Sea, about 50 miles from Mecca. All right. So got very, very exposed to Islam, you know, and a lot of very devout people doing that, um, you know, that religion. Because we lived in Saudi Arabia, I had to finish my last three years of high school outside of the kingdom. And I ended up, long story short, of all places being Italian, in Rome, Italy, at an international boarding school there, um, which at the time was run by the same people that run the University of Notre Dame today. As a matter of fact, it was called Notre Dame International School. It has since closed because it was quite a while ago now. But the reason I say that is because there were kids there from all over the world, even though it was a small school. It was like a um, kind of like a mini United Nations. And me having these questions about life and about existence, all right, Um, it was an all boy Catholic high school. And in the winter months when there wasn't sports going on, a lot of us... Um, because we lived there, we'd go to the cafeteria, we'd eat, and then we'd sit around a lot of times and talk. And after we talk about normal stuff, we would often wax philosophical. And I would ask these guys, um, guys, you know, I mean, what do you think happens to you when you die? All right. And of course, they all had different ideas, because they were all different religions, no religions, you know, this, you know, from all corners of the world, Mark, what do you think I would tell them my deal? But I began to wonder, and I started asking, guys, do you have any evidence that backs up what you believe? Because I didn't. Mm -hmm. All right. I didn't realize. Maybe a little bit, Stephen, you know, a little bit of, but, but nothing really substantial. And, you know, I started wondering, honestly, whether any of this stuff was real all right? Was this all just, you know, I heard, I heard some people say, religion is just man-made. It's just some people creating ideas to try to control other ideas. I heard that. But I remember asking those people, do you have any evidence that backs that up? Okay. You know, yeah. I heard the whole new age deal. Mark, they're all paths that lead to the same place. Just choose one that works for you. And I'm like, well, that kind of, that kind of sounds reasonable. But then I'm like, Can they all be right? I mean, um, some of these are radically different than others, you know. And then I remember thinking, do they have any evidence that backs that position up? No, not really. So many times it was like, this is what I think, and I'm like, okay, I can respect that. But Stephen, the bottom line is, I got so confused. Okay, I didn't know what to believe anymore. And I'll tell you this too. So, so what I did in my own mind, I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all of these different beliefs including my own, and I'm going to set them off to the side for a moment, okay, figuratively, you know, just as far as in my mind, all right, and I'm not going to blow them off, all right, but I am not going to buy into any of these belief systems anymore if they cannot be validated, okay, this was my deal, this is this, and again, this was a process over time, all right, that happened, let me tell you something else I did, was very interested in science all right always fascinated by that only because i began to realize that science in a a very very simple from a simple perspective is simply the way we look at this world and and we try to figure out how it works and then define that okay define how it works all right Um, and and but what i began to realize was there was a big difference between what is known as hard scientific law versus scientific theories. All right. Because I was taught both. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was taught a lot about scientific law, like the law of gravity. We know, you know, okay. There, there's, there's certain, certain ones that are, that, are, that are pretty sound. They're pretty concrete. They're pretty definitive. But then there are also theories, That are not as well proven, that are often taught as if they have been proven. And, you know, like the whole um, theory of evolution, right? Which I was force fed growing up. All right. And I thought, well, this is interesting, but there were large questions that I had there too about that. Huge questions. Yes. Huge questions, right? and um and like like the other one too i mean the, the, the take for instance the big bang theory which is one of the I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard of that right um it's it's probably the most prominent secular explanation for how all of this got here now and uh, you know the back in time you wind the clock back there was a, all the matter well, listen all the matter and time and space not just the matter time and space Supposedly, I'm like, what? Okay, all scrunched together in this ball and it somehow exploded. And and now we've got all this order that we see, right? I'm like, you know, and and very intelligent people were were kind of promoting this. And I I kind of started wondering about that. And what was interesting was, but I said to myself, you know, here's the other thing too. I started hearing about some very, very high, equally highly intelligent people that we're saying, dude, there's no way that can happen. All right. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, they're looking at the same evidence. What's going on with this? So I said, you know what, Mark? All of that has got to come over here on the side, too. If I'm going to be intellectually honest with myself, I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to, I'm going to, the, the, the scientific theory things. And I'm going to set them off to the side too. And Steven, what I'm going to do again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe in them anymore, regardless of who's taught it to me, regardless of how many lab coats they wear or how many degrees they got, you know, letters hanging off the back of their name or whatever. If it cannot be validated, Mm -hmm. because see what I also began to realize was I have a brain. Everybody listening to this podcast has a brain. We all live in the same world. We know the way this world works, all right. And and intuitively, you know the the thing. the thing is, we we have a we have a better grasp of reality than we think we do, often, all right. And, and what I mean by that is when the evidence starts being presented, um, we're like, wow, wow, that's really amazing. Okay, I mean it's 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 not like it's like rocket science. All right. So let me tell you one other thing that happened to me. So now all this stuff was off to the side, and what I did was. I had another another catalyst uh, that started me on this journey that, that uh, I will mention in a couple of minutes. The year after I graduated from that school in Rome, a classmate of mine, um, I went back to Saudi Arabia. All right, that's another story because uh, you know, just, just to live there with my folks for a while um, taught me a lot. But just for right now, for to, to keep this a little bit a little bit on target. This friend of mine um, came back here to the States, was attending his first year of college in Southern California. All right. I mean, hey, living the life, you know, Southern California, you know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> he was on a motorcycle. He'd come up to a stoplight. A drunk driver took him out. Okay. In a moment, his life was snuffed out. All right. He was 19 years old. I was 19 years old. I'd never known anybody that well, that young, who had died. You don't think too much about dying when you're 19. I mean, you may think about dying, but you're not expecting to do it anytime soon, if you know what I'm saying, right? Stephen, it rocked my world, bro, all right, because my mortality came right up in front of my face, how fragile this life is, all right, how uncertain this life is um that that who's mark who says you're going to make it to 30 or 40 or, or whatever all right and and you know here's the thing when i got back, i, I went back to visit the school that's actually how i found out about it mm. and everyone was talking about it because it was tragic you know oh my goodness and this and that but nobody was asking the real question and the real question was where is he now all right, where is, he was a living, breathing human being with dreams and goals and plans, a person, a personality. And his life, his body had quit working. All right, is that, is that just, you know, it just, you know, wipe our hands, okay, well, that's too bad. And then we move on with our life. No, 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 no. It, it was there, it was, it, and again, with my Catholic background, all right, I was taught that there was a God. I was taught that mankind had a soul. that that lived beyond, all right? I was taught about the concept of a a good place, an afterlife, a heaven that was better than this life. I'm like, whoa, sign me up for that. I was also taught about a bad place, a hell, a place of punishment, okay? I'm like, whoa, I want to skip that deal. But but again, how do we know if any of these things are really real? But I'm like, this life, I mean, if this is all there is, if this is all there is, then... Let me back up and say this. <clears throat> what I wanted to know, what I wanted to know, again, I'm going to reemphasize this point. Was there any evidence that proved anything beyond that there was anything beyond this life? There was something deep down inside of me that that wanted to believe there was, that seemed like there should be. I, you know, I, I wanted to know, was there any way that, that we, we might be able to know? All right. I wanted to know. I'll tell you something else I wanted to know. If there was an afterlife, is that something that we're just all automatically swept into? Regardless of how we've lived, who we are, you know, wh- whether we've been, we've been good guys or bad guys, you know, type of a thing. <clears throat> or were there conditions? All right. And let me say this to you, too. What I began to do was as, uh, after, after I, I, I set all this, I set the, the, all the religious deal things off to the side, I set all the scientific stuff off to the side. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start studying this for myself. I need to, mm-hmm. all right? I already knew, number one, I wasn't going to be completely happy in this life and no matter how hard I tried, because again, it was temporary. There was this rampant inadequacy in it, all right? I also knew no matter how much, you know, get, get all the fame, fortune, wealth, whatever you think you want, all the temporary happiness you can possibly have, how long is it going to last? I mean, come on, find the perfect spouse, have a beautiful family, fame, fortune, riches. Not only is it not going to last, it could be gone at any moment. So what I what, what I started to thinking to myself, what if there is, what if there is something, a reality that goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on? And then how important? is just this life, if all I ever do is focus on just this little short period of time called life, you know, this this little inch, you know, if you could see live here, you know, I'm holding up my little two fingers together, you know, Stephen and I can see it, Use on the podcast, it's just audio. But then again, you know, a line, you know, you know, I'm in Virginia, I'm in Fairfax, Virginia, okay? Northern Virginia, you know, think about, you know, I'm, I'm holding up my finger an inch and I'm thinking about eternity, I'm thinking about a line that goes outside of my house, into the next county, into the next state, across the United States, across the the Pacific Ocean, you know, on and on, 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 on. I mean, folks, well, you know, Mark, how do you really, you know, again, how do you really know? Why worry about it? Because if there is, and I never spend any time even thinking about it, how crazy is that? Okay, how crazy is that? If there was the possibility of a heaven and a possibility of a hell, boy, I wanted to skip that deal, Stephen. Okay, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I skip that deal. So what what started me in this, all right, was again, um, wanting to base my beliefs on something more than just blind faith. And I'll say this to you too. So what I did was I started off My foundational premise was I wanted to know was there any evidence that there was a God? All right. Why? Because if there was going to be an afterlife, there had to be an adequate cause for that afterlife. All right. Um, You you with me on that? Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, again, I wanted to make sure. That there wasn't, um, you know, again, a something that I, a, an afterlife. I was trying to believe in, just make believe. I wanted to make sure that there was someone powerful enough that could create something beyond this life, and and not only that, but but you know, could possibly provide answers to some of those great questions. So that's kind of that was kind of how I started this particular journey. I'll say this to you too. I never intended to share this with anybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to find. I was in my early 20s. I came back from living overseas. I just started taking some time. And and what I did was I started looking at the evidence that different people had to support their positions. And here's the deal. I didn't know what I was going to find. I didn't know if I was going to find any evidence. I didn't know if if there was any evidence. Um, And I said to myself, you know, I may be done. I may be done in two months. And then I may write me back to square one. Hey, you know, pick, pick, choose choose your weapon, so to speak, because, you know, (laughs) you drink and be merry for tomorrow you die. Who knows what's coming? Yeah. But if I could find some evidence. And it began to put a framework together of what this what was really going on with this reality. And that picture filled in enough. Then that picture might begin providing valid answers to those questions that I had. And Stephen, here it is. Then what I wanted to do was I wanted to align my beliefs up with what was real. Yes. You with me? You with me, my man? With yes. what was true? Then yeah. Then I would have a faith, but it would be a faith based on facts, based on evidence, based on reality you know mm-hmm. and, and and again that would be a huge concept you know I, I, as i'm sure you know i've done a few videos on this but I, one of the things that always used to resonate where i a question people used, people go around all the time take the concept of god oh i believe in god oh i believe in god yeah i'm i believe in god other people i don't believe in god there ain't no god i don't believe in god um, you know uh, other people you know i'm not sure maybe there is maybe there's not as if our belief alone validates anything right
0: as if groups have a right to say that
1: (laughs) well you know the fact of the matter is in in a way they have they, they have the freedom to say it but our belief doesn't in other words you if if there really is a god the entire world not believing in him does not make him go away right any more than if he's not there everyone in the world believing, oh, there's a God, there's a God, it doesn't make him pop into existence. Right. Let me ask you,
0: this is a a really, maybe you just have a quick answer to this. I think a surprising number of well-intentioned, good-hearted Christians have an idea of faith that it's faith or fact, whenever (laughs) it's ought to be faith in fact. Amen. Uh, Have you run across that?
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. More
0: popular than Um, it should be.
1: No, I know. I know. And, and you know, what's interesting, if you go to the scriptures, you know, it says we're, re- we're supposed to study to show ourselves approved and be ready to give an answer. But you know, it, it's interesting, if you look up that word, um, it's it's the word the Greek word where we get our English word apologetic from. Mm-hmm. And so that answer really means a logical defense of our faith. And we have a reasonable faith, you know, and and what's interesting, too, is So for me, and again, this was the the path I was led on, I began to look for evidence of a creator. And what was interesting was I found some, based on not just, and I I want you to understand, I I didn't do this by myself in a little vacuum. It was the research based on some really, I mean, very, very highly educated people that I just became a student of and started listening to both sides of the argument, if that makes sense, all right? But the fact was, I began to, and, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just throw it out to you, all right? What I did was I said, all right, how, we, we've got to account for this reality. We live in a reality that has three basic parts. Again, keeping everything real simple. That was one of the things I wanted to do. It was one of my, one of my cardinal objectives when I started off as Mark, you got to keep things simple. Helps me understand it, helps other people understand it. And most of the time, the simplest explanation that fits the facts is actually the, the, the true answer. You know, there's actually a philosophical little deal. Um, you know, they call it Occam's Razors. Keep scraping yeah. it down, right? You've probably heard of it. But anyway, um, so what I did was I said, we live, I think, and, I, and again, researching different people, we live in a space, mass or matter and time reality. Hmm. Okay, every day we live in those three things. There's space that we live in, we're, we're made of matter, matter and energy, I know, but let's keep this, and let's just talk about matter now, stuff, all right. and we live in time, we live in this amazing continuum of time that we cannot stop, we can't control, we're stuck in it, all right, it's amazing to think about some of this stuff, all right, well, space and time were a little more intangible, so I said, let's, let's start off with the stuff, Now, again, this is going to bear out the fact that we're all scientists, whether we realize it or not. All right. Even though we may hate science, but I don't like science. Mm -hmm. I stunk at science. Don't worry about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening to this podcast knows that if we go and we look at matter on a simple level, uh, matter is made up of these amazing little entities called atoms. We've all heard of them. Mm -hmm. Probably most of us even kind of know a little bit about. All right probably in little way a little bit let me just say this to you an atom is an extremely highly <laughs> improbable arrangement of matter hmm. an atom has three basic parts now again you know a lot of scientists now believe that those parts are made up of even smaller parts but these these little atoms all right and Again, if, you, if you, most people know what a little picture is, okay. Um, you know, again, I, I've done a little video on this where I've got pictures of it and I kind of show everybody, Stephen, the little parts and everything, again, basic stuff. But what's amazing is, all right, they, they are they are made up of these things called protons and neutrons, which are in the center of the atom. And then these little electrons, which spin around that, that center. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is the power we know in, with these tini- that with these tiniest little things, if we bang them together and split them apart, the largest releases of energy known to man happen. And I remember as a kid, what? Wait, wait a minute, what's up with this? Okay, where does that power come from? Where does that structure come from? They are dynamic. They're in constant motion. All right, if they and I'm not talking about just kind of moseying along. These things are moving. All right. Some scientists believe almost at the speed of light. You know what's amazing? Matter is basically atoms are basically primarily made up of, ready for this, empty space. Wow. It's just these little parts move so fast that they actually create a a physical structure. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I started looking at this in the light of objective scientific law. Where does that power come from? Where does that structure come from? Stephen, there's no plug. Okay? Not, there, there's no known power source for these things. Everything we know of in this life, for the most part, our phones, ourselves, our cars, everything needs to be recharged, fueled up, re-energized, wound up, whatever. These atoms, listen to this, are being infused by a power on an order that defies our understanding that that from a source that we can't even, we we don't even, where does it come from? All right. And, And the structure and the magnitude and that they make up us and out to the farthest galaxy, they are all being maintained that the known scientific laws scream out that that atom is a manufactured article that there is no way it could have formed itself. And you listen to you listen to scientists that don't believe in God and how they try to ex- explain it. And it's and you know what it is? It's mumbo jumbo. Right. The real, it, 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 it is a, it, based on the empirical evidence pointed to by objective scientific law. And if we had the time I could go through the laws, you all understand, I mean, it's not rocket science. And, and just common sense tells you, wait a minute, how do these things get here? My man, they make up every form of matter we know of. All right. And I'm going to tell you something. When we stop and reflect on the, how unbelievably tiny these things are, the absolute order and structure with which they operate, the speed at which they operate, the power that is contained in them. Okay. And that, that, that all of this is made of them. It cries out for a mind, not a something, an intelligence of a magnitude that you and I can't even begin to comprehend that has the capacity to not only create all those, but to maintain them right at this moment. That, that that mind, we might as well take the highest concept we have of the word God and apply that term to that mind, that unseen mind who must be there, must be there. And, and, and again, the creator, right and the sustainer
0: so you saw this incredible power this incredible complexity this incredible sustenance throughout time and you just said there's no other uh, there's no other explanation
1: stephen there isn't if there we're going to be rational logical okay intellectually honest all of this and you know the scripture even backs that up it says that the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The earth shows force his, his handiwork. There's an interesting passage in Romans that it says that we can see the invisible things of him, right? From the creation of the world are clearly seen. How? Mm-hmm. Being understood by the things, right? That are made. What? Even his eternal power mm-hmm. and Godhead. You want to know something else that's amazing? The cosmos reflects... Trinities of trinities, space, mass, time. Each one of them, matter, three dimensions to matter, S- time, past, present, future, dimensions, width, height, depth. It's not, um, and and you could take each one of those and build a model of the Godhead. Let me just do it. I mean, it's amazing. I was like, how come I wasn't ever taught any of this stuff in school? Right. It reflects the structure, the power, the order, the, the infinite mind of the living God. All of this is a manifestation. The physical world we live in, all of it is a manifestation, a physical tangible manifestation of an unseen mind with a capacity you and I can't, can't even begin to wrap our brain around, bro. Right. And when I saw that, when I started seeing that, and this wasn't some religious talk, this was hardcore scientific facts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, my faith did a quantum leap. It did a quantum leap, all right? That started me on a journey because now I'm like, wow, you know, there is a purpose. Now, now let, me, let me back up and say this. I didn't really know at that point how relevant this God was to my life. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I wanted to know, I, I knew, number one, he had to have been the creator. I knew he now literally has to be sustaining. Now, think of the implications of that sustaining every atom, sustaining every molecule in our body, sustaining each of the hundred trillion cells that each one of our bodies is made up of. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I knew that this God was up close and personal as far as his sustaining hand. Now I wanted to know, has he communicated? Yes. Has he revealed, is he relevant to our lives? Is he just, okay, I've said all this, now go do your own thing, no. Or is he, does he want to be involved in our lives? Does he have a plan and a purpose for this life? You see, let, let me say this. This is what I know grips your heart, grips my heart, grips, I, I pray everyone listening to this. Does he have a destiny for man far, far greater than just this limited, temporary, wounded life that we are living in now. Mm -hmm. If he is really a God that powerful, which that's what it declares with that much, what couldn't he do if he really wanted to? What kind of a reality could he make for us if he wanted to? Folks, that became one of the most tantalizing, fascinating, intriguing uh, desire. I wanted to check that out. All right. And that's been the essence of this great questions quest that I've been on. And that's really, again, what stirred me up to pursue, you know, Um, and I'm telling you what I have found out, what the scripture reveals, but especially when you dig and you study and you reflect and you pray and you honor this God and you ask him to open up your mind to these things and you begin to pursue him you know, and there's, there's aspects to that, you know, just like any good student, you become a perpetual student. Lord, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want more of you, less of me, more of you. less of me. It'll, I mean, it's, and it's a lifetime pursuit. It's the most valuable thing we can do. He'll honor that folks. He'll honor it. And, um, and the rewards are incalculably valuable.
0: Yes. Amen. Well, I'd love to talk some other time and dig even deeper into that. Cause I know we've just, I know. you just now I know. asked the tantalizing question. And it's I, know, I, know. I think we're thirsty for more of Jesus. Amen. That's a huge part of it is Amen. what does he have planned this life? Amen. This life what is it? He's Amen. so good when we're convinced that he's good. What, what does he teach us to hope for? So that's the bigger question, maybe Amen. maybe for next time, but I so appreciate Amen. you sharing your story yeah, guiding us through thoughts that I'm sure lots and lots of people have. And I, I only hope and pray that they have the same kind of hunger that it that it gave you.
1: Amen. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure, Stephen. I mean, it's a pleasure meeting you. It's a pleasure reconnecting, you know, pleasure, um, you know, spending some time together talking about, you know, really, ultimately, the only things that matter, you know, really, truly, truly they know? do. So, and, so it's um, been a blessing.
0: Thank you. I'll just leave you, folks, with with what I always do from Revelation: uh, the Spirit and the Bride say, "Come, whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. These waters are deep. There's always more, uh, and it's always a blessing."